Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, one of our favorite bishops in the whole world, has recently issued an instruction, a statement. How do we defeat the devil? If you're on social media, if you watch YouTube, you're following Twitter, even some of the biggest influencers who aren't explicitly Christian, who aren't Catholic, they're starting to grant that we are living in a time of diabolical disorientation, demonic influence. I mean, even people who aren't religious are, are thinking, man, things are getting so confusing, so twisted. And you know what I'm talking about. I can't list all of it here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter without being canceled. But you know what I'm talking about. And so therefore, there must be a solution to this spiritual decay. And today we're going to read a passage from the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse. And then look how Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano interprets that. And he suggests, and I think he's right, three answers to this diabolical dissertation, this demonic infestation. And they are Mass, Mary, and the priesthood. Three things that have been discouraged, three doctrinal elements and devotions that have been confused since the 1960s, and Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano has some very strong things to say about that, as he always does. So I'm going to begin by reading a passage that Archbishop Vigano references, just so it's all fresh in our mind. Got my old Dewey Rames Bible here. And I'm reading from the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation, chapter 12. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And being with child, she cried, travailing in birth, and was in pain to be delivered. And there was seen another sign in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on its head seven diadems. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to be delivered, that when she should be delivered, he might devour her son. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her son was taken up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared by God. End quote. That's the Apocalypse, chapter 12, the midpoint of the book of Revelation. Incidentally, if you want to go deep and understand why the dragon is red, why does he have, for example, seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems, seven crowns. You can learn all that. I answer it for you from the church fathers, from the early church in my recent book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. It's a line-by-line, verse-by-verse biblical commentary on the Antichrist and the Apocalypse, every single verse in the book of Revelation. You can get it on Amazon. You can get the audible version. If you want signed copies, go here patreon.com forward slash dr taylor marshall i'll sign a copy and i'll mail it to your door there's various levels there so make sure you pick the right one 
when you head over to Patreon, you can also get a rosary, other signed books, etc. So go to Dr. Taylor Marshall. Sorry, patreon.com forward slash Dr. Taylor Marshall. Okay, so in this passage, in the apocalypse, we have a woman. She's the mother of Jesus. Now, I know this is going to be controversial for our evangelical and Protestant friends, but look, in the story, we have a red dragon. That's a true person, Satan. We have a mother who is pregnant with the Messiah. The Messiah is Jesus. The mother is Mary. And then we see this dragon sweeps a third of the stars from heaven. We aren't talking here just about stars and the constellations. We're talking about the heavenly host. This is a primordial event. Uh, Blessed Maria, uh, what's her name? She wrote City of God. It'll come to me in a minute. She talks about how, and this is big in the Franciscan tradition, that before God even created humanity, on the first day when he created the light and he separated the dark from the light, Augustine says that was separating the evil angels from the good angels, that he showed them a image, an icon, a prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ, second person in the Trinity, the eternal Logos, becoming incarnate in a virgin and being born. And that this idea was so repulsive to Lucifer that he and a third of the angels rebelled against God. They thought, how could the Son of God humiliate himself and become a human, something lower than the angels. Humans are lower than the angels. It was Blessed Maria Agreda. I forgot her last name, Agreda. She was the Spanish uh, mystic who bilocated from Spain over here to Texas and taught the Native Americans catechism. And when she appeared and left, she would leave behind her blue bonnets. And that's why blue bonnets are the state flower of Texas. Beautiful story. So let's look at Archbishop Vigano because he's going to focus on this passage here in the Apocalypse, Apocalypse chapter uh, chapter 12, and we see the devil and we see his strategy. He wants to attack the woman, the mother of Christ, who, by the way, is the historical mother of Christ, but also is the icon of Holy Mother, the church. See, in Catholicism, we have multi-levels of meanings maps and maps of meanings, all right? So it's not a contradiction, it's both. And we're going to see that the answer to defeat the devil, as you read from Apocalypse chapter 12 all the way to the end of the Apocalypse, you're going to see that the answer is, as Vigano is going to teach us today, Mary, the woman, the mass, and the priesthood. Why? Because Mary says, do whatever he tells you. She is the means by which the Son of God entered into the world, and she stood at the foot of the cross, and she was present at Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came. The Mass is actually Christ. In the Mass, Christ becomes truly present, body, blood, soul, divinity. And then the means by which Christ perpetuates the one and only sacrifice of himself on Calvary is through the sacerdotal priestly ministry of the priest administering the seven sacraments. So 
what Archbishop Vigano is saying is patristic, it's biblical, it's certainly in line with the Council of Trent, and we're going to spend some time today looking at what Archbishop Vigano has to say. Before we do that, please like this video. If you already like what we're talking about, give it a thumbs up. That'll help in the algorithm. And then also, if you're new, please subscribe and uh, hit the like button and hit the bell, and you'll get lots more great content. There's also two videos after you watch this one. I'll, I'll post them at the end. I want to encourage you. One is um, Archbishop Vigano's warning to America. This was uh, several years ago. And then the other video is why Bennett XVI resigned. Archbishop Vigano gives us many clues into that, and it's a popular video, so I want to encourage you at the end of the video to maybe keep on watching and watch those two videos. Okay, Archbishop Vigano, he, over the weekend, issued a statement on the occasion of a votive mass for Mary, Queen of the Cross. And the epistle, of course, comes from the apocalypse and this vision of a battle between the woman and the dragon. And Archbishop Vigano says, the woman represents Mary most holy and therefore the church. As I just explained, that's not a contradiction. There are many levels of meaning here. And she is the queen and the mother since she is the mother of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, who is the head of the mystical body and Mary is the spiritual mother of Christians who are living members of that body, end quote. I want to take a moment here to explain to people who might find this confusing. When Jesus was on the cross, he had seven solemn last words. For example, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Um, it is finished or it is consummated. I thirst, etc. And when we study those seven last words, we really begin to understand the ministry of Christ we begin to understand the Sermon on the Mount, and we begin to understand how and why he redeemed us on the cross. And one of those seven last statements on the cross, and remember, Jesus Christ is the eternal wisdom of God. He's the Word of God. He, from all eternity, knew the seven most important things to say while he hung on the cross. And one of those seven sayings is, Behold your mother, woman Behold your mother, and woman, behold your son. And he said this to the Blessed Virgin Mary, who was standing at the foot of the cross. It's in John's Gospel. And also to John himself. And what does this teach us? Is it just that he wanted John to take care of the Virgin Mary for the rest, the remainder of her time on earth? True. But since it's on the cross, and he addresses it to the one disciple who's there at the foot of the cross, it extends to all disciples of Jesus Christ. If you are to have Jesus Christ on the cross, saving you, redeeming you, he says to you, behold your mother. In other words, he's saying, by becoming one with me through faith, hope, and charity, you can say our father because my father becomes your father. I give that to you as a gift. But on the cross, he also says, my mother becomes your mother. And that's also a gift to you. And it's really sad that since the 1500s, this was never a problem in the Eastern Church and the Western Church. For 1500 years, everybody was okay with Mary as our spiritual mother. Suddenly at the Protestant Revolt, everyone says, no, we can only love Jesus. We got to push Mary out of this. No more Mary as our mother. And that is a theological error. 
and we know it's a theological error because we know Satan in the apocalypse is opposed to the woman. He wants to do war against her, both in the form of the church, which is one, and in the person of Mary. Now, Archbishop Vigano says that part of the symbolism here in the apocalypse is that the woman wears a crown of 12 stars. Now, this, of course, could relate to the 12 constellations that you see throughout the year. It could refer to the 12 tribes of Israel, and I think all of those are, in a way, accurate. But according to the church fathers and the tradition of the church, the 12 of the New Testament, and according to the apocalypse itself, the book of Revelation, you see, for example, in the new city of God, the new Jerusalem, over and over the 12 is interpreted in the context of the 12 apostles. And so Archbishop Vigano says that Our Lady, or the Queen, or the Mother, is wearing a crown of 12 stars, and these 12 stars signify the 12 apostles, who are the 12 jewels of the church, the 12 missionaries, the 12 elders, the 12 priests. They are the 12 new patriarchs and the 12 new judges that judge the church. And from them, from those 12 apostles, descend all the apostolic successors, the bishops and the priests working in union with those bishops. So now, as we're moving along here, you see we're talking about Mary, we're talking about the priesthood, the apostles, and we're going to talk about the Eucharist here. See how it's all fitting together? It's really beautiful. And you're late. if you're late to the show here, I would encourage you, if you want to get really deep in all of this allegory and, and typology, I'd really encourage you to get a copy of my book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. It breaks it all down in bite-sized pieces throughout the whole book of Revelation. Okay, so Archbishop Vigano, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. By the way, if you want to read this. It's posted on other sites, but I'm reading off of LifeSite News. They have posted the whole article from Archbishop Vigano. So Archbishop Vigano talks about the various ways in which the devil wars against the church. And he breaks down in, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 6, it talks about how Our Lady is under attack and is protected for a period of 1,260 days, which is 42 months. And if you do all the math, that's 3.5 years. The reason it's 3.5 years is this is the broken seven of the prophet Daniel. In order to understand that, you need to understand the prophet Daniel. You need to understand the pattern of jubilees set up by Moses. There's a lot going on there. See, when you read the book of Revelation, the apocalypse presumes you understand and know the Hebrew prophets, and the established covenantal signs given by Moses. If you don't know those things, you're going to read the book of Revelation, you're going to get scared, you're going to get confused, and you're going to probably start doing what a lot of fundamentalists do, where they like see certain things, and they're like, okay, those are Black Hawk helicopters, and this is a microchip, and all those things, because they don't really understand the theological significance that's underneath all these signs and symbols. So he says, this is, of course, a sign. And, and if you read my book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, you'll see 
that this is the broken seven of Daniel's prophecy of the end of time, and it is the three and a half years of the reign of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will not be in charge of the world for 20 years or 10 years. The Antichrist will only rule over the world according to the book of Revelation for three and a half years. That's the time of testing. Archbishop Vigano also quotes verse 17 in the uh, 12th chapter of the Apocalypse. And the dragon was very angry against the woman, and he went to make war on the rest of her descendants, on those who keep the commandments of God and have a heart that, and have at heart the testimony of Jesus. This is more confirmation from the Bible that Mary is the mother, the spiritual mother, of those who are disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, jumping down a little bit, he talks more about the hatred of the dragon for the spiritual children of Mary and God the Father through Jesus Christ. And then he talks about a corrupt and rebellious society enslaved by evil, by an elite that is perverted in mind and will. The dragon of the anti-church has been so unleashed against priests. It knows very well how fearsome they are because in their hands, the Lord has placed the divine power to consecrate the body and blood of Christ, to offer the immaculate victim to the Father in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and to perpetuate the rivers of graces and blessings that protect the woman who has taken refuge in the desert. This is an image of both the Virgin Mary, but also the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. This is, of course, a reprise of Vigano's theme of the anti-church, the counter-church. If you've been watching my podcast or reading the epistles of Archbishop Vigano, you've noticed that he has developed and colored in this idea of anti-church. And Archbishop Vigano seems to believe, as I read him, I think people would agree, you have the Catholic Church, and then, kind of like with my book, Infiltration, infiltrating into the Catholic Church are wolves, false shepherds, hirelings, cancerous tumors. And these have come into the healthy body of the church, and the church has illness, inflammation in certain parts of it. And this is the anti-church. And it's up to the one true Catholic church, uh, which is enlivened and, and given strength and miracles through the Holy Spirit dwelling within her, that through this immune system, which of course is the sacraments, our devotion to Our Lady, our worship of Jesus Christ, our obedience, our faithful obedience to Jesus Christ to fulfill His will on earth as it is in heaven, the power of the priesthood to open up these rivers of grace, that is the means by which the anti-church will be expelled from the mystical body of Christ. Archbishop Vigano then says, everything revolves around the cross. So the cross is the, the pole. It is the center. 
everything here is Christocentric and Christotelic. Sorry, I just lost my place. Let me find it again. He says, the reason that the center or why everything revolves around the cross is because that is where our Lord Jesus Christ trampled the head of the serpent, serpent as promised in Genesis chapter 3. And it is there that the mother of the church, the Virgin Mary, standing at the foot of the cross and agreeing that her son, the Passover lamb, is to be slaughtered for the sins of humanity, that there is a that Mary is, as it says in the Old Testament, terrible as an army set in battle array. So this shows that that Our Lady is a warrior. That a right word? Not warrior, warrior. Like Judith, like Deborah. And so we see here these foundations, Vigano calls them, of our religion, the priesthood, the mass, and Mary most holy, that this is what the devil attacks because the devil knows that those things, those realities are what defeats him. So he has to get us distracted. He has to move us away from the most powerful weapons against him so that he can perpetuate his anti-church, his heresy, his schism, his division, his confusion. Because if we as disciples of Jesus Christ are united around Our Lady, the Eucharist, and the priesthood, we will be truly united. No more bickering, no more trad wars, no more divisions, no more circular firing squads attacking one another. How could we do that if we were truly united and everything revolved around the cross? And at the cross is Christ with Mary and the true disciples and the reality of the one sacrifice of Christ, which is perpetuated in the holy sacrifice of the mass in persona Christi with the priesthood. That's it. That's, that is the very center of everything. And that is what the devil attacks. And this is why we don't have union. And this is why we don't have apostolic success because we take our eyes off of these three realities. Now, Archbishop Vigano addresses indirectly Pope Francis Bergoglio because you might remember, I think it was two weeks ago, Pope Francis said, that there is a disease of nostalgia amongst traditional Catholics. And uh, I talked about this. If you watch the podcast, if you subscribe, you heard me talk about it. So I don't want to go into it too much. But if the traditional Latin Mass and the traditional sacraments and the traditional priesthood and traditional devotion to the Virgin Mary, if all of those things are nostalgic, or if they are reflective of a disease, you would expect that wherever those things are honored, there would be decay, there would be cancer, there would be a stench. But what you actually see throughout the world, not just in America, is you see higher birth rates, higher vocations to religious life, both male and female, higher vocation to the priesthood, more mass attendance, more baptisms, more marriages, and on and on and on. So what you actually see is the life of the Holy Spirit permeating those areas 
where these traditional devotions and practices and traditional sacraments flourish. So it's not a sickness of nostalgia. It's not a disease of nostalgia, as Pope Francis is labeling it. It's actually where the body is manifesting health, warmth, circulation, growth, beauty. It's a healthy body. And Archbishop Vigano speaks out against this. You know, it's, we are, he says, we are not sick. We are not sick because we are not and we ought not to be of the world, but rather we are in the world. This comes from St. Paul. We are not of the world. We are in the world. So ofness means that I take my cues, I take my beliefs, I take my worldview. Um, I'm in the matrix of the world. No, that's not what we are to be. We are in the world. We are located in this world. We are on planet Earth in our various countries and states and cities. But our ofness, we are of Christ by baptism. Every time we receive the Eucharist, we are more and more of Christ in the world, but of Christ in his kingdom. And that's a great distinction that Archbishop Vigano makes. He says we're at a crucial phase of history, of humanity, because, uh, and of the church, because we are coming close to the end times. And he says perhaps even those three and a half years during which the woman, the church, will flee into the desert. Three and a half years in which the Antichrist will reign supreme over the world, persecuting and martyring the faithful in the indifference of the world, in the silence of the media, in the complicit carelessness of false shepherds. Indeed, by their stolid and sordid company, or sorry, complicity, which manifests their true intentions and what is worse, their portrayal of our Lord. So we could be, could, not saying for real, but could, we could be close to that final three and a half year period of the Great Tribulation. Again, I know I'm pitching my book here, but if you really want a Catholic understanding of what happens during the three and a half years, you have to read Daniel, you have to read Ezekiel, you have to read Matthew, Luke, and John, and you really have to read the Apocalypse. And then the Church Fathers break it all down for you. So I give you a very careful analysis of what the Church Fathers teach about the three and a half years, who, it, who the Antichrist will be, what he will appear like, not like his face, but his characteristics, his traits, and then where he will reign from, how he relates to Jerusalem, the temple, uh, the Jewish people, the conversion of the Jewish people, all of this is in the context of this three and a half years. So definitely check out the book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, because it'll, it'll break it down for you. I thought the most interesting element in Archbishop Vigano's latest treatise is that he makes this connection between the Sanhedrin and the faithless people at the, of Christ's time, and them saying, come down off the cross, save yourself. And he says that at our time, the modernist, the anti-church, are saying today, not come down off the cross, as they did in the Gospels, but they're saying, come down from the altar. 
They're saying, come down from the altar so that the redemption may not be perpetuated and extended in time, says Archbishop Vigano, so that the sacrifice of 1,990 years ago remains confined to the past. It is made sterile. It is unproductive, like the talent buried in the field of the unfaithful servant. We are not the backward ones, Archbishop Vigano says. We are not those sick with nostalgia, as Pope Francis says. It is rather they who look with horror at the reality of their own war that was already lost then and then try in every way to prevent the triumph of Christ. After having failed the assault of Christ and the woman clothed the son at the cross, today they are striking out against the children of the church, the children of Mary. So they say to us, we're, we were never placed on the cross. Only Christ was on the cross. And they said, come down off the cross. Come down. Now they're telling us, hey, leave the altar. Get away from the altar. You don't, you don't need that. You don't need mass. You don't need traditional mass. You don't need Mary. What you need is, is just sort of ge the generic idea of God. You know, the, the kind of Catholicism that's promoted by Joe Biden. Just a generic faith commitment to God exists. But the whole point of the whole point, the center, the feature is Christ on the cross. They tried to get him to come down off the cross, and now they try to get us to run away from the altar. And so Archbishop Vigano asked the question: how can we conquer the dragon? He says, thanks to the blood of the Lamb and the word of their witness, Revelation 12, 11. That is, the blood of the Lamb. How do you get the blood of the Lamb? Catholics out there, how do you get the blood of the Lamb? You get it at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's the only place you get access to the blood of the Lamb on the Catholic altar. Archbishop Vigano says, thanks to the Mass, which still pours out the most precious blood abundantly today for the salvation of souls, thanks to the priesthood, which makes Mass possible and spreads the word of witness by preaching. And thanks to Mary, I'm sorry, getting ahead here, thanks to the Most Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of the Lamb, and then, thanks to Mary, the woman, the image of Mary most holy and of the church, in whose interior our Lord was formed, and from whose womb the children of God are spiritually born. You can see here, Vigano is very focused on a Christ-centered Catholicism. And as we understand the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, the incarnation, that of course brings in the idea of the Blessed Virgin Mary because the incarnation of Christ happens in the Immaculate Womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And God, by his wisdom, linked those two events once again when he died on the cross. And there is Mary. Behold your mother. Archbishop Vigano closes and he says, let us look at the events 
subspecie eternitatis, that is, under the species of eternity, under the viewpoint of eternity in Latin. This is the only way that we understand the deception of those who act according to the mentality of the world, whose prince is Satan, and be able to counteract it. And let us not renounce being as the Lord wants us, rather than as mercenaries and wolves in sheep's clothing, as they would like us to be in their quote-unquote pastoral vision. And it's sad. The undercurrent here is he's saying there are bishops, there are priests who want to draw us away from Mary, draw us away from the Eucharist. They'll take the tabernacle and they'll put it down the hallway. They won't have Eucharistic adoration. Some of them won't even lift up the host at Mass. Although they claim to be priests, they as much as possible keep the Eucharist out of our lives, out of our vision. That's not a pastoral vision. And then he closes with this statement, Archbishop Vigano, quote, The words of the venerable pontiff Pius XII respond on our behalf against the umpteenth time disconcerting and scandalous utterance of Bergoglio, Pope Francis, behind those who accuse the church of being rigid, there is only the perversion of the false prophet who attacks the truth of Christ himself, end quote. And so may it be. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, May 20th, 2023, on the Saturday within the octave of the ascension of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there it is, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, breaking it down. I'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment. Let me know, is Archbishop Vigano right or is he wrong? Do we need more devotion, clear devotion, strong devotion to Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception, Blessed Mother, to the Mass, to the Eucharist, and to the priesthood? I believe that we do. As I said in the beginning, I have two videos for you. One is, why did Pope Benedict resign? A lot of it has to do, a lot of the info comes from Archbishop Vigano, and then also the video on, from Vigano on a warning to the United States of America, and in particular to Donald Trump. If you're interested in hearing what Archbishop Vigano has to say about that, I'd encourage you to check out that video. Thank you for watching, and God bless.